Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, here to help you find success in all areas of your life. The power is in your hands. Join our network for free at besteveryou.com. And now, here's Elizabeth. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We're live here with guest Carl Pickhart. Carl is the author of the new book, Holding On While Letting Go. And uh, Carl, thank you for being here with us on the Best Ever You Show. Oh, yeah. It's good to be with you, Elizabeth. Yeah, we're going to have some fun here. Parenting, boy. Um, yeah. So I'm a mom of four boys. Uh, they are not really oh, my boys. Yeah they're, yeah, they're boys, <laughs> but they're sons. They're adult sons now. I say boys like they're little kids, but they're not. They're 21, 23, 25, and 27. And uh, wow. yeah, yeah. So welcome to my land and welcome to the, we love parenting experts on this show and in our community. Um, t- tell us, um, how did you get involved? I'm going to start back. I'm going to go back and work up to the book, but how did you get involved with parenting and everything to do with parenting? <clears throat> well, actually it was a, uh, it was a, a survival move many years ago when my funding for my job ran out and my wife with one child and another coming along was at home and I was trying to figure out what I should do to be able to support this operation. And uh, I had friends in private practice and so I was talking to them and one of them said to me, well, you know, you need to have a specialty. And I said, really? I didn't know that. And he said, yeah, that's that. Tom said, yeah, you probably, it's something you can be known by. And uh, I said, well, like what? And he said, well, you know, there are a lot of parents having issues with their teenagers. And I said, well, that, that sounds good to me. Uh, so then I, uh, I, I actually, at that point, I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, then I have to get the word out. So then I proposed writing a column, Parenting the Teenagers of the local paper, the Austin American Statesman, and I wrote that for a couple of years, and uh, that uh, that plus seeing folks kind of got me started, and then I've been mm-hmm. focusing on the coming-of-age passage ever since, and I I love it, and I write about it both in, in nonfiction in terms of my blogs and books, and I also write... I've got several novels, actually, that I'm about the coming of age passage I'm trying to play. So, yeah, if you know of any Asians, let me let me. Know. I do, I do but actually. I, I, <laughs> I do. Uh, Steve Harris in New York is uh, about the best that there is. I'll connect you after the show, <laughs> for real. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, but it's anyhow. I, I, I love it. I think also, I thought about your question because many. I think I I was really imprinted on the coming-of-age story by my parents. I remember my mom reading me David Copperfield and my dad reading me uh, Kidnapped, and those two stories, which are both coming-of-age stories, hit me pretty hard when I was very young, and I think I've been I've been fascinated by it ever since. Mm. Tell me what you mean by hit me pretty hard. What's that mean? You just were, were just moved by those two books, and, and why? Yeah, I, I just think the story of the you know the 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 notion of a a little girl going through a ten to twelve year age passage and becoming a young woman and a little boy going through a ten to twelve year age passage and becoming a young man that story is just it's infinitely varied and and i guess infinitely interesting to me. I love watching it and and, and participating in it when I was doing counseling around it, yeah. You know, there's there's so much going on right now. Um, parenting kids of all ages. Um, is there? Boy, I don't even know where to start with it. It's so overwhelming um, with so many things. You know, I'm I'm not kidding. I mean, just as a parent, we've been we've been there's so once, many different once a, things. Once, once upon a time, parents chose to have a child, not realizing <laughs> they have agreed to have an adolescent, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. That gets that gets thrown at you as a parent that you're navigating, and the kids are navigating it too. And you know, from I'm I'm just going to rattle stuff off and chime in here, but you know, from everything from now social media, there's drugs everywhere that probably were everywhere anyway then too, but it feels like it's uh, bumped up a lot. 
there's drinking, there's drinking and driving, there's driving, there's friends, there's, I mean, there is so much stuff. Um, that's kind of the negative stuff, but there's so much positive too. Kids are so cool. Well, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think sometimes, I mean, adolescence begins with loss. The child loses childhood, <clears throat> and that's a lot to give up because at that point the parents were the center of the world, and from here on out they're going to become more peripheral. <clears throat> and for parents, you know, they miss the old cozy companionship. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I Sometimes I think, you know, they parents talk about, you know, they miss the magic of the childhood years. What I try to suggest to them is that adolescence is just, Every bit is magical because you're, you know, you're seeing the, you know, the little girl become a young woman, a little boy become a young man. I mean, and I don't know what could be more magical than that. It is complicated because of your more peripheral status. You have less mm-hmm. control and less direct influence, but you you still have a, a presence that needs to be maintained in the young person's life as they navigate this 10 to 12 year year passage. Uh, and there's just a huge amount of change going on. And so it's a, in one sense, it's an unstable time because there's so much development that needs to take place. Yeah. Is your focus on helping the parents or helping the kids or both? Because I know when I, when our fourth one went to college, um, you know, it was pretty quiet around here. We have one that, that uh, one older son is getting his master's degree here, here uh, online right. and stuff. But the vo- you know, the volume of laundry went down, the volume of activities went down. I mean, everything changed. I'm like, wow, what do I do with myself? You know, and I was, I was doing a lot, you know, anyways, best ever you and so forth. But a lot of the things changed it was really like wow there's a lot of free time in a way and you had to navigate right. that but is is a lot of what you're doing geared toward the parents like parenting how do you do this or is it also geared toward hey kids listen up uh you know you can read this too and and learn how to be an adolescent <laughs> you know well i think that's a good question i think the uh i mean primarily i'm you know because of counseling i'm working with 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 parents around the perplexities of how to reposition themselves helpfully with their changing adolescent, uh, but also, you know, working with adolescents about trying to find their way. And a lot of times when they feel that they are lost and they don't know how to find their way, they're actually, they're actually in process of finding their way. So yeah. that's one of the things that I try to do with young people was to help them understand that, You know, you're not just lost. You're not just, you know, (laughs) messing up. You are also making decisions and gathering new experience and learning new lessons and becoming stronger uh, and moving forward. And I try to try to emphasize the forward momentum that's going on, because a lot of times a young person, oh, I don't know, they're feeling discouraged about themselves. You know, and it's hard for them to see that they're actually in motion when they feel like they're stuck in some way. And uh, so I think that's part of that was part of my job when I was counseling young people was to help them maintain momentum and see the progress that they're making. Do we, ha- you know, do we have to have it all figured out by the time we're 17 or 18? There's so much pressure on like, what are you going to do with your life and where are you going to go to college? And, you know, I feel like I'm the latest bloomer ever. I did not have it all figured out when I was 18 years old, for sure. Well, I think I think for one thing, I think we uh, the, the the popular image of uh, adolescence tends to be the teenage years, and that's a false impression. Adolescence begins nine to 13 in late elementary school, and it doesn't start really winding down until the college age years, 18 to 23. It's a long redefinitional process. Uh, so that if parents say, you know, what's the matter with my, you know, with my, you know, fifth grader, you know, why are they becoming more, you know, resistant to deal with, or, you know, what's the matter with my, you know, my college age kid because, you know, he or she is, can't, you know, that's struggling to find their footing. You know, I try to assess them that nothing is wrong. (laughs) Change is going on. Change is unfolding and, challenges are being created you know and if you're if if your kid is struggling that shows that they are engaged 
Mm. Oh, I like that. I I wish I I wish I would have had um, known you better when our so our one of our oldest son and and he's okay with me sharing this. We've shared it before. He decided um, that he didn't want to go to college in his senior year of college. And ah. he, yeah, he told, you know, we put, he was up there at the U- University of Maine and he basically signed his name on a notebook and never went to class and check, just completely checked out of it while telling us he was going to class. And it was a really, ah. um, it was a very, very, very stressful moment for him. He called home right. you know, and distraught saying, you know, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't want to do this. You know, we, I got in the car barefoot actually. <laughs> we drove about as fast as we could go up, up there and and helped him and stuff um and you know i i i don't know where i was going with that other than to kind of share it you know it's it's complex well i think you know not everybody follows this go ahead i mean it's a good statement because i think you know the the question is you know what you know what should i expect and what should the young person expect and i just think that you know the expectation needs to be that there will be some struggle as you try to redefine and reposition yourself as a more fittingly individual and functionally independent young person, um, yeah. and you have to you have to reclaim or really claim independent ownership of your life. Uh, so that I mean, the notion of a, a young person in child in in college saying, you know, I'm going to stop doing college and I'm going to lead my life, you know, some way independently of that. You know, you know, part of what they're often doing is that they're just trying to free themselves from what they felt was a traditional expectation and trying to assert more individual and independent you know, definition for themselves. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of times what happens is they grow up and they grow through that and they decide, well, they're going to finish college anyhow and all of this, and they move forward. But there is some questioning that happens at that point. You know, why, why am I here in college, you know, spending my life doing this when there are so many other things I could be doing. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 exactly it. And you know what? It turned out for him. And and we don't, you know, we were like, we don't just be happy and do your thing. You know, you're going to be all right. And that turned right. out to be the like the best move for him ever because you know now he's he's got an apartment on his own. He's got a new kitten, <laughs> which is adorable for you. <laughs> but he and, and and he's got a a great job at Performance Food Group as a senior buyer. He's worked there for four years now, and um, oh, they wow. they actually put him back through leadership training as well too. So he he had <clears throat> he had to go back to school. But um, which and and he and he came home. He's like, you know, I have to do this. But I I'm right. I really don't like doing school. I love my job. I love doing this or that. But um, you know, it's, it's right. tricky. So anyway, um, yeah, I I appreciate well, I would, your, I would your say comment. On a, on a personal note, I would uh, maybe I was like your son in some ways. I although I had a lot of had a lot of formal education. Education never made a lot of sense to me. What made sense to me was jobs, and thank God I had marvelous jobs going through undergraduate and graduate schools that gave meaning to my life when a lot of the classwork was really hard to take. I bet. Yeah, I, I saw you went to Harvard, and I think you got a BA and a Master's of Education from Harvard, and I have touched my little toes into the Harvard world through leadership training myself, and that is not easy. That school is, yeah. that is difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. College is uh, hard. <laughs> the, the, the problem, I think, the problem with any college is that it 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 puts the young person at an age when they want to be independent in very dependent standing, and for a lot of young people, that can be that can be very frustrating. That you know, is so they well want to be put. in a position. To, they want to define and lead their own life, and now what they're doing is they're just following this, you know, this socially obedient path that others want them to do. When it, you know, when it's externally defined, and maybe it's not giving them as much meaning as they want. And co- I mean, college can be frustrating in a lot of ways for for young people because they're right on the edge of, you know, <laughs> finishing this coming of age passage and. You know, they want the independence and they want the individuality, and it's it's hard to assert when you're in college. 
I've got one son, the youngest one, you know, lives for college. I mean, if he could be in college his whole life, he was going to be in, I mean, he loves it and, and loves the classes, <laughs> right. loves, love loves teaching, yeah. loves it. So, I mean, we've got everything going on in this house. So um, let's talk about your book a little bit here because, you know, that I know you came on the show to talk about your book and, and not my kids, um, but it's been fun. Um, I love I loved endorsing your book, by the way, because I really do think that this is a way to instill, I wrote, you know, confidence, mental health, and independence in kids and in parents oh, because, you know, we're you. going through the, we're going through the same things of like, you know, especially as a new parent, you've got the old, you know, the oldest one, it's like you're, you're navigating as you're trying to navigate them and help them and they're, you know, everybody's navigating, I guess is my point. And um, I loved this because it was such a roadmap to, to, you know, how to guide people to, you know, grow up. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I guess the book was primarily written to help give parents some sense of realistic expectation about the kinds of changes that they could anticipate as their child journeyed through the 10 to 12 year old year passage of of growing up. And, And I just try to, I just, I just try to break it down in the terms of what I thought were the four basic freedoms and first one starting in late elementary school, you know, where you have the rejection of childhood and the young, young person saying, I no longer want to be treated and defined as a child anymore. And, you know, you get some great markers. One of my favorite markers of that is the renaming marker where all of a sudden you, you, you get, <laughs> you get the little boy saying, you know, don't call me Richie, call me Richard. <laughs> or the little girl yeah. saying, "Don't don't call me Lindy, call me Melinda," and you know, claiming a more formal name to formalize the change and the differentiation that's taking place, and that starts unfolding. That contrast starts unfolding, and the kid gets more distracted and disorganized. You know, in, in the late elementary school, I think very often, and then you move into the second freedom, which is freedom of association, which is around middle school, where now you're wanting to form a second family of friends. And this is when parents start feeling really more peripheral because this second family becomes more important uh, in many ways because they're trying to <clears throat> trying to belong and identify with and create new attachments for themselves. And now they're really wrestling with a lot of social identity and pressure issues. And, you know, there can be, there can be at least if you don't happen to you, you see it around you, you see, more social cruelty going on in terms of teasing and excluding and bullying and rumoring and ganging up. So it's a, you know, it's a rougher interpersonal world to navigate. And then you get the the third freedom, which I think is roughly the college age, the high school age years, maybe around 15 to 18, where now what you have is you have the freedom for older experimentation. And, you know, this is the, you know, the ones that I think you and I as parents get nervous about are the, you know, dating, driving, drugging issues that we're concerned about, and uh, now the now the kid is you know more exposed to the to the dire risks of adolescence, which are serious, and we have to talk with the kids about because there's I mean there's more risk of social violence and accidental injury and school failure, illegal activities, I mean sexual harm, suicidal despondency, dangerous daring, substance use. All that stuff is now more common, so that there needs to be a huge amount of communication during the high school years about these kinds of issues. And then you finally, you get into the last stage, this is the freedom of emancipation, the college age years, where you get a young person really wrestling with, you know, how are they going to complete these two growth trends that they have been following all these years you know, detaching from more independence and differentiating from more individuality. And now, you know, going back to your earlier statement about why it's why college can be hard for a lot of a lot of last stage adolescents is that at an age when they want to be more independent and they want to be, you know, differentiate from more individuality, you know, they're stuck in the old student role, which is essentially a dependent role determined by external authorities. So for some of those kids, it can be quite frustrating for a while. But I think you have to go through those. You have to claim those four freedoms, I think, as you grow. And parents, if the parents can be ready to anticipate some of these changes, 
then they're less likely to overreact with, you know, with, with alarm when they when they start unfolding. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's just a lot to navigate, you know, and that doesn't all of this navigating. It doesn't exclude parents still navigating too, because a lot of parents also have issues with dating, driving, drugging, drinking, social things, social anxiety. You know, parents. It's not like parents are like these perfect people who, you know, don't navigate <laughs> right. anything themselves. You know, it's like double navigating everything. Um, yeah, right? but see, but that's, a, that's a huge, huge, really important insight, though, because if parents can use that, they can use their own experience and issues, you know, for the instructional values that they have. I mean, so that parents, in fact, you know, sometimes they can say, you know, let me give you a bad example of something I did. You know, in the hopes that you will not follow that example in your own life. Uh, And and so there's, I mean, those kinds of insecurities of parents at this time, you know, are are really well worth sharing. Yeah. Yeah. What if, um, I mean, this may or may not belong here. And if it doesn't, you let me know. But what if you as the kid (laughs) or parent? Yeah, just chime in because I, you know, I know not what I say sometimes. Um, what if you as the parent or as a kid, the teenager, college student, even middle school, even grade school, what if you are in this funky role of parenting your parents? Sometimes it feels like parents need parenting and the kids are going, wow, <laughs> I'm going to have to help you. Yeah, give me that. Give me that. that. Sometimes it feels like it's flipped, like the the kids don't have the parents that they need, and they're almost like stuck parenting their parents. I've I've seen just a lot of things over the years. Well, I I've think seen... one of the things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that happens is that a lot of times, I think, in the course of particularly the the last two stages of adolescence, the high school and the college age years, uh, I see kids essentially finding surrogate parents and these can be teachers or coaches or salient adults who seem to provide that which the kid needs which parents for whatever reason are not in a position to provide Uh, and that's that's very powerful and very helpful and i guess the (laughs) your question leads i get leads to the notion that you and I as parents cannot do it all, we cannot provide it all. You know, and growing yeah, no, up our adolescence is gonna to have to find, you know, other adults to fill in the blanks. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that explains why, you know, my kids sometimes hang out at other people's houses and you're like, why do they hang out over there so much? It's like whatever, you know, kind of thing. That's cool. And then I'll have uh, other sons who's their friend groups hang out over here more <laughs> so it's all over the map with four four sons you know and um it just is it's been really interesting i wish i had had this book actually because it it i i look back at it and i'm like yep did that okay did that okay eh, could have done better there <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing I'm like, oh, okay well and, you, uh, you are you you are definitely a seasoned parent oh yeah i i like to think that you know i I, you know, people, it surprises me, though. I got to tell you, every once in a while, I am surprised, and we're still learning. I think that's one of the most important things to be as a parent is, like, this open to change and open to learning because we've got kids. That, so we've got two getting their master's degrees, and one is a senior in college, and then the other one I told you about. But even the we're, – we're still seeing stuff we've never seen before. We're like, wow, where did that come from? Like, still learning as a parent. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, I think that's, I mean, I guess maybe that's, yeah, that's that's a huge statement. I mean, you're going to be parenting your kids all your life, yeah. and they're going to be changing all your life so that the adjustments keep coming. Yeah. Did you write a book on uh, how to deal with girlfriends? <laughs> on that again? I said, did you write a book on how to deal with girlfriends? How to deal with girlfriends? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, oh I think my. I think in general, in general, you want to be able to, you know, you you want to be able to welcome your your kids' friends. I mean, if you don't welcome your friends, your kids' friends, you're gonna 
put your kid off. So that's part of the adjustment, and that diversity, you know, and sometimes sometimes can be quite startling. Um, but uh, I think that you know that's 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 a huge question because what we're part of the parenting challenge, and it goes all the way, you know, till the end of parenting, is bridging and merging differences with your adolescent and your, you know, and your adult child as they go through changes. And you have to, you know, you have to take a look at what you need to understand, what you need to tolerate, what you need to get used to, what you need to get to deal with differently. Uh, And so, you know, it's not like you and I as parents are standing still. You know, we're currently, (laughs) we're constantly redefining as we adjust to the changes in our young person. Yeah, I, I'm. We have one son who has had the same girlfriend for five years, and they're getting engaged and all that stuff. And it is it is so much fun to to have a girl around and things. Like, I mean, it's 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 a blast. And um, you know, and we've had other sons who have uh, had girlfriends, and they're like, nope, that didn't work out. And you're like, oh, but why I loved her, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And it's it's really it's really fun to navigate all the different changes. Um, well, but, I think that's yeah, that's a that's a wonderful way to think about it too. Is that what happens is that you know you're going to have a lot of you're going to have a lot of girlfriends injected into your family life. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, that's a and, great, and now that's a, great, that's a great gift. We've got a grand kitten who visits on the weekends because our son comes home to do his laundry and he brings the cat with, and it's the cutest little kitty Theo. Um, so let's let's talk about. Um, if you want to, um, let's talk, let's back it up. Cause we talked a lot about college age kids and I know there's people listening who are dealing with middle school. And I have to say personally of middle school, high school and college, middle school was the one that got me the most. I really well, did I not think, yeah. love middle school. Um, it like almost anything about it from like, don't drop me off here. Oh my God, they can see me. <laughs> to don't hold my hand anymore. To don't, I mean, it really was soul crushing in ways. Like, oh no, but cool on the other. I'm I'm being sarcastic a little bit here. Well, I think the middle school passage is a. I mean, it's tough for a lot of reasons. It's tough because you are, you have moved your parents off into a more peripheral position, as you start, you know, wanting the second family of friends. And then you realize that this second family of friends is just not a, you know, a kindly acting, you know, group of supportive people all the time. Yeah. You know, there are some really rough dynamics going on and you can get bruised by it. And if you don't get bruised by it yourself, you see other people getting, you know, hurt in various ways. And so it takes a huge amount of social attention to navigate middle school, which I think you know, one thing it does is that results in maybe less academic attention that you had in elementary, in late elementary school, for example, because now you have to keep your wits about you and you have to keep watching what's going on and you have to keep getting ready for, you know, the next kind of treatment that doesn't feel good to you or you have to figure out how am I going to fit on and fit in and how am I going to keep, keep up with and how am I going to belong and you know, who's saying what about me? And I mean, it's middle school is, I think, I started my my first counseling job was at a junior high school back east. And I, and I, I, mean, I loved that job because it was so, I just saw these kids caught in chaos. They were just caught in social chaos, you know, <laughs> trying to keep their foot, footing, you know, and parents are saying, why can't you just attend the schoolwork and get it done? And well, the kid's mind was everywhere but schoolwork. You know, the kid's mind was on social survival. That's where the kid's mind was. Uh, yeah. And uh, so it, it, it's, it, I think you're right. I think of, of the four passages, I think probably the, you know, the second one, the freedom of association and forming a second family of friends in middle school is in some ways the most complicated. Yeah. I want to go all academic on that for a minute, too, because to me, like what, I don't know if this is indicative of what other people experience at all, but like it began, it began this journey of what I like academically and what I don't as well. Like up to that point, it was like everybody was doing everything. And then it seemed like the, 
you know, I like to read. Oh, I stopped reading, Mom. You know, kind of thing. It's like, wait, what a minute, wait a minute. What did you just say? You know. I'm 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 I'm, I'm losing a little connection. Would you say say it again? The kids decide they don't like to read or they love reading or they love math. Hello. Hello, are we there? Hopefully everybody can hear me. Hang on just a minute. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I got you. Maybe. Oh, there we go. Well, Carl dropped. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe our internet. I'm having... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hello? Hello? Hello. Um, hang on, we'll see if we can keep going or if anybody can actually hear me. Um, go ahead and call back in if you get a chance, uh, Carl. Uh, maybe I'll call you in just a minute. Sorry, everybody, we're having live issues on the show, and we were, we were right in the middle of a really good question there with middle school. <laughs> so hang on, and we will get him back on and see if we can keep the connection alive. See if uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Can, can you hear me again? We'll try. We'll keep going. I got you not, again. We're back. We're on. We're on. Yeah. We're live. Yeah, it's it's the it's live. You know what are we going to do? Um, so everybody listening, sorry about that. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. If we drop out one more time, I'm going to end the episode. And we'll, we'll have Carl back on because we've got a lot to talk about. We've covered a lot anyway. Um, Carl's website is carlpickhart.com, and his new book is Holding On While Letting Go, Parenting Your Child Through the Four Freedoms of Adolescence. So we got that in, Carl. Let me see if I can get a bonus question in here to you before we cancel again. Oh, okay. uh, can, <laughs> who knows? Okay, middle school. I was, talk, I was going all academic on middle school saying that it really seems like this is a differentiator, too, where – People, like I had kids come home going, you know, I don't like reading anymore right now, or I don't like math or science, or I love basketball or football. I mean, that's the interests start to really kind of hone in, if, in my opinion, anyway. Well, I think the, you know, part, part of what you're doing is by the time you enter middle school, you're, you're separating from childhood. So one of the things you give up when you do that is you give up a lot of old interests. Uh, and so now you wonder, you know, where are you going to, you know, what are you going to attach meaning to now? Um, and there's a lot of floundering around to figure out what that might be. And that floundering around occurs within the context of this <coughs> social disorder that's going on around you in middle school where, where people are, fi- are, you know, are struggling to socially catch hold with this new family and friends. <clears throat> and it's hard to, it's just hard to maintain. It's more hard to maintain academic focus, I think, for a while in middle school than it was in late elementary school. And then, it, uh, and I think that that's just, I mean, that's why the middle school experience, I think, is, is so disorganizing for many students because they just have to redefine and figure out how to, you know, how to catch social hold and, you know, how to keep academic hold. Uh, and what are you going to do about parents who are now wondering what the, what's the matter with you? And, uh, yeah. and, you, and you're there thinking, what's the matter with me? I mean, it's it's a really unstable time. Yeah, it, it is. And um, it felt to me like if we didn't get a grip on some of the things that were going on, high school is going to be, you know, rockier. And I had, you know, I had kids that got pretty much straight A's, you know, all four of them. They're, they're really good students. They're really high achieving um, students. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd 
like one of them got a, a flat out D in math. And I'm like, wait a minute here, what's going on? Um, it like, you know what I mean? Like a full on D. I'm like, what is that? A full on D. And um, this is my, my really high math power kid. And he goes, yeah, the teacher hates me. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And so we had a meeting and everything like that. And, and, and he can do the math. It's just, they, they meshed like oil and water. And it's like, I don't know what to do here. You know, there's, there's just so much that you navigate um, right. through that yeah. whole thing. And, you know, he ended up moving to a different class and got A's again, you know, and it's just like, well, you know, that happens. So I always, I always say like, if, if something, and I don't know if this is good advice or not, so please wordsmith me. But I always say like, if something comes in that's completely out of the ordinary, super pay attention to it. Cause it might not be your kid. It just might be a situation. Um, right. but my, my mom ears go up, you know, it's like a D well, you know, I don't really care if you got a D, but that's right. weird. You know, what's happening? You know, I mean, I kind of care, but I, it's not, the world's not going to end if you get a D in something, maybe you're just bad at that chapter or unit or whatever. I don't know. Well, but, yeah, I, w- I would imagine, I mean, partly because of what you do now, but you know, what you do now is, is who you are and you're, a, you know, you're a wonderful communicator. And so it would not be your style when that occurred and that, that, you know, that unusual B popped up would not be to ignore it or punish it, but to talk about it and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, uh, you know, that's resourceful parenting and, you know, and that's what you were able to do. And that's, I mean, that's more power to you. Good. I did something right. Yay. <laughs> no. yeah. um, of, of all the things, like, do you have something like, can our listeners, um, have what well, like give any like wonderful like really positive tips with parenting like something like some little tricks or tips that can make parenting like just easier and more fun and positive and stuff because sometimes we lose sight of that. Well, but that's that's a terrific uh, statement because that in fact is now more the parents' job. Parents have to be able to initiate the positive, the fun, the enjoyable, the ways to be together, because the kid is now, you know, much more self-preoccupied and less able to do it. The child had energy about pleasing the parent. The adolescent has less of that energy because they're caught up in so much other stuff in terms of being able to redefine themselves. Uh, so the, I think there's a shift, and you're, you know, I don't remember exactly your words, but your words capture it, that that's, that's the conversion that, that has to happen, is that parents have to take more responsibility for keeping things you know, positive and caring and fun uh, at a time when the kid is not able to generate that much in the relationship with the parent for themselves. We got. A, we actually have questions. We have a lot of questions, actually. Do you mind taking some just general random questions from people, guys? No, I'm not going to have fun. you. Okay, I'm not going to have you come on the show. I'll just read the questions if that's okay. Um, we won't yeah. do live questioning since we're having technical something or others. Um, right. Okay, we have a question. Um, are the first three? You're going to get baby questions. Are the first three years of a kiddo's life really the most important formative years, or is it? that elementary school, high school, college? Or is it all of it? I'm adding that in. Are the, are the, give me the, the front end of the, that question is what now? The are, first, the first what years? are the first three years really the most critical, or is it kind of what we're talking about is more critical? Interesting question. Well, it, it's, not, it's not more critical, but it's different. I mean, the, 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 the most important thing, I believe, in, in childhood and early childhood is establishing a powerful attachment that you can trust and rely on. So that attachment is absolutely fundamental. When when a secure attachment isn't there, then I think the child is thrown back, you know, on their own resources in ways that can be very complicated for them. Uh, I think, but, but remember what, when we're talking about adolescence, we're talking about separating from childhood which means that now you are detaching for more independence and you're pulling away so that now the burden of maintaining the attachment on an ongoing basis is really much more in the parent's court. Uh, 
the child, you know, would be reaching out to attach. The adolescent doesn't reach out to attach as much because they're more preoccupied with their own, you know, their more independence and individuality. Uh, so that uh, the, the uh, I mean, that's, I think, I guess that's a, quest, that's a neat question because the, yeah. the challenge, I think the challenge, <laughs> The challenge of, <laughs> of parenting a child is the challenge of attachment. The challenge of parenting an adolescent is the challenge of detachment. Mm. Um, and how can I, how can we let the kids separate off and still stay closely connected? Yep. Um, you got a COVID question here, and you know you can. I have the same thing um, to the person who's asking this. I. I I'm going to chime in a little bit here too. Uh, the kids lost so much during COVID. Uh, we, and this is a question of like, how do they ever regain what they've lost? Oh, that's a tough question. How do they ever regain, regain, regain what they lost? Them? Yeah. Like lost years, like lost. Uh, I think what they're trying to say is they, they lost memories, lost years, lost things that are normal rites of passage, perhaps. Um, do they ever regain those? Uh, people, people seem to still oh, be struggling I, I with this issue. It, I mean, is it, oh, that's interesting. Is there a permanent developmental loss that cannot be recovered? I don't think so, no, because I think growth is uh, is too powerful. I mean, growth Ooh. compensates for a lot, and it compensates for deficiencies, and it compensates for losses. And so that if the kid feels like they lost something during the the pandemic time, you know, they may have, in fact, have the energy to invest in getting it at a later time. Yeah, we we approached this one in our house to the, co- to the caller. Um, we approached this, it, we had the same thing. We had people had to reroute coming back from college, all sorts of stuff, lost sports seasons. Uh, we have a college baseball player, so we lost two years of college baseball. Um, and we really focused on trying to really identify and navigate the positive versus focusing on the negative and what you lost. What did you gain? Was there, you know, in, in the college baseball, he got more years to play. He's playing at Georgetown now. He transferred. Um, Quaid had more time to, to think and, and learn about what he really wanted to do. You know, there were, there, it wasn't all negative. And so I think that's really important to, to not hone in on everything negative. You want well, I to. think, I, I think, in, I think increasingly the, uh, uh, I mean, the, the part of what parents provide is the positive perspective and positive possibilities and positive appreciation. And that, you know, which, you know, the young person never outgrows the need for those things. Mm-hmm. So what happens is I think a lot of times parents, they, they, they get scared for their kid. And in service of being scared, they become, you know, they become negative and discouraging and critical. And that's just exactly what the young person does not need. That is genius. That is genius right there. Cause that is exactly the way I felt. I'm like, I am terrified for you. Like what, how, you know, and I had to hide it. I, I was like, don't say that out loud, you know, kind of thing. And I was <laughs> thinking, <laughs> you know, I, I can't put a lid on me and, and, you know, and I, I did the opposite actually. I'm like, we need to really find the positives here because this absolutely sucks. You know, and they, they really were thrown for a loop. And this is, I didn't have kids in, like, high school. I had college, so maybe a little different. But, you know, the high school kids, the, the graduation from high school, the graduation from middle school to high school, the, you know, just a lot. Of, we, we, had gradua- we had a college graduation in the midst of it. And, they, and I swear by the time they actually held the ceremony, Kid graduated like four right. times. We like did a thing here, we did a thing there, we did a thing, you know, it was really, right. you know, you, I think make the, I, I put a blog out that said just make the best of all of it. Take, don't go all, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, that is, but that is, that, that is what Hard. I think, you know, parents can do is that they can, you know, they can take a really hard situation and, not you know, and and see it for what it is, and, it, and but then they can also say, you know, what the hard situation brings to you is a gift, and the gift is the challenge for how to respond, you know, and yeah. how you respond to this will make you stronger in the long run, and 
you know, it's this is not the last challenge you will have in your life. Life is one challenge after another. Uh, so it's how you deal with the challenges, the reverses, the adversities, you know, the mistakes, whatever, you know, that allow you, you know, to, you know, make your way through life. Um, mm. And there is just, there's, from what I've seen, there is just no percentage, no positive percentage in, you know, in, 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 in criticism or discouragement. Uh, the only the only positive percentage is just saying, you know, let me look at the hand that life has currently dealt me and let me try to figure out the best way to play it and I'll play it as well as I can. And if it doesn't come out that well, I still have more choices. And that's the thing that you're constantly, I think, preaching to your kid. It doesn't matter how difficult the situation you were in, you always have choices. And you, but you've got to be able to see the full range of choices that are there for you. And it's easy when you were feeling hurt or discouraged or disappointed to narrow your view about what's happening and what your choices are. So you've got to be expansive when hard times hit so that you can see what the positive possibilities are. Oh, well put. Uh, we've got another question for you. Carl. I love your work. I love all of your books. I've read your books. Are you on TikTok? And what is your favorite book you've written so far? That's a lot of questions. So somebody wants to know if you're on TikTok. Well, my my favorite my favorite <laughs> books are the ones that I'm currently trying to get published, which are the I have three coming of age novels: the okay. the Trout King about fathers and sons, the Art Lovers about mothers and daughters, and the Helpers and Apprentice about a brother and sister's coming of age passage. So those I would say the the, the, the fiction books in some ways are my favorite because that's the, I love being able to describe the coming of age passage in fictional terms. Mm, yeah. And, and then uh, are you on TikTok? It's a social media. <laughs> are you on, they want to know if you're on TikTok, which is a social media platform. And if you're not, can you be? I think that's cute. Can you hear me still? <laughs> are you on TikTok? Pardon? Are you on TikTok? It's actually on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all those things, on social media. Am oh. I am, am I on social media? Yeah. I've got, I've, the only one only thing I'm on is, is LinkedIn. LinkedIn, okay. Well, you've got a really big uh, – I have six questions. You might think about this. Just I have six people here wanting you on TikTok. So if you don't know what that is or you're not on it or whatever, boy, maybe you might be a superstar on TikTok because people are craving parenting over on TikTok. And um, TikTok is like funny little TikTok. videos. And things. TikTok, yeah. T- TikTok. Oh, okay. And, um, okay. Yeah. And there's this one TikTok videos go viral and things like that, but they're, and they're trendy. And there's this trend out there with parents, and one of them is, Think, calls I've received while my kids have been at college, so it's the parent, and then up flashes up all the questions and calls that they've gotten while their kids have been at college, and it's some of the funniest things ever, from how do I do my laundry to what kind of what kind of <laughs> bread do we buy at home to <laughs> you know everything. Right. I think you would be, I think you would really like TikTok on that trend particularly, but you might just be help a lot of people over on TikTok with some parenting stuff. So I have, there's oh, I a lot of people that. commenting all at once, Carl, saying there must be like 20 different likes on this comment right now saying, yeah, get them on TikTok. So heads up, you need to be on TikTok maybe if you're not. <laughs> a new thing for Carl. Give me, give me how, how do I spell, how do I spell TikTok? T-I-K-T-O-K or C. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure it's, I think I think I'm gonna look. I don't know if I spelled that right. Hold on, That's I'm gonna nice. look while we're live on air. It's it's one way or the other, and I can't remember because it's T I K T O K. T O K. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let me look it app. up. I, I've heard of yeah. it, but I've not <clears throat> I've not been active. I'm, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's like you can do video. You post videos on there, um, so you could like. Oh, post, I see. Could, uh, oh, okay. You can take your phone, turn it towards you, like, you know, and talk to the camera and then post it. Right. Yeah. Or get in on the latest oh, trends okay. because I think people would like to know questions you've been asked. <laughs> it's really pretty <laughs> funny. Oh, man. 
Um, question, yes, there's a whole group of parents out there chiming in on questions their kids have asked them while they've been at college, and it is very, very humorous. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. You'll laugh for mm-hmm. sure. Um, all right, so we are out of time. Um, your your new book is Holding On While Letting Go, Parenting Your Child Through the Four Freedoms of Adolescence. It has been a joy and a pleasure to have you. I hope you'll come back again. Um, we need parenting I would, I would advice. Love it. I, really enjoy, I really enjoyed talking with you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, good, because it's been a lot of fun having you here, and we have a magazine, we have a website community, we have so much stuff that we would love and crave your content and information and expertise, um, so feel oh, free to fantastic. participate. Yeah, we'd love you. So, um, And I think I think that you have a really cool style of parenting as well, um, that your your style is so open, but yet it's so practical. Um, and kind as well. And I love the fact that you didn't oh. get on here and say, like, no, don't spank, do spank, you know, all the stuff. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Just, you, know, right. we're, you know, we're I think you respectfully acknowledge that we're trying to all navigate the best we can. And right, this is right. a great, <laughs> we're, we're, you know. We're all groping our way through together. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's good days and bad days. And I think that with this book by your side, you'll have better days. And more better days than not, because it's really well done. Um, really, as a mom of four sons who didn't have this book, I'm looking back going, oh, I could have done that better. But, you know, I'll share, I'll, I'll in- incorporate that even as they're in their 20s. You know, I'll, I can learn and, and do things better all uh, well, the time. Well, you really, so. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very yeah. much. So, yeah. all right, everybody. All right, so thank you for being here, and I do not like ever-ending shows, so I'm going to be cool about it and end the show, but what I'm going to say to everybody is, Carl, thank you for being here. Super cool. Good um, luck with your book. And you know, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. I, I've, I really enjoyed talking with you. Good. Thank you. And so, everybody, go get Carl's book. It's Holding, Holding On While Letting Go. I'll say it one more time. Parenting Your Child Through the Four Freedoms of Adolescence. It's available on Amazon. Us authors love those reviews that you post on Amazon. It's available at Barnes & Noble. Um, I'm sure it's on Goodreads. Really, you can go and get a book wherever. You can support your local bookstores, whatever you want to do. Um, please be sure and share this show with your parenting groups, your community, your schools, you know, all, that thing, all those things. It's fun, and it spreads the word and helps us authors. Um, and then it's great information, too. And then Carl's website is carlpickhart.com. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Carl, thank you again. And I hope everybody has a beautiful best ever you day. Take care, everybody. Thanks again, Carl. Hey, thanks a lot. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you tuned in. Be brave, be bold, be you. And remember to visit us at besteveryou.com.